Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into Podcast Room 303. Introducing one co-host with more nuggets than Chick-fil-A, Nick Morahan. Executive producer until we find someone better, Eric Washington. Nobody really knows what he does around here. Nevada Putnam. And now, the single greatest thing to happen to hosting in history, Jermaine Antonio Colon Mendez. On with the show. Ooh-wee. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into Podcast Room 303, episode 238. I'm your host, Jermaine Colon Mendez. This is my co-host, Nicholas Morhan, and we have with us Nevada Putnam, executive producer Nevada Putnam. Let me let me full title him. Um, put, put some respect on that name. Hey, well, chill out there. <laughs> yeah, geez. Chill, like, second show in a row. All of a sudden, he's trying to wield that power. All of a sudden, no doubt. Jesus Christ, <laughs> doesn't even have access to the access to the pre-show docs properly. But right. <laughs> we can take him away. You know that, right? In a <laughs> second. How you doing this evening, Nevada? I, I'm doing it quite well. It doesn't matter with your Rudy Pooh candy ass. I'm sorry. <laughs> Eric's not here. Someone had to get it. Go ahead. Go That's ahead. fair. No, I'm good. I'm good. Um, I'll send it over to Nick. I, I imagine he's pretty happy as well. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I mentioned on the last episode, but can't uh, can't take away, can't knock my shine right now. Todd Helton's a Hall of Famer, so. Uh, that's, that's pretty, that's pretty friggin' cool. If you ask me childhood with a bow on top, right? Mm-hmm. Best way yep. to explain that situation there. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it really sets a, it's, it, it's not only, it, it's not only the fact that my favorite baseball player of all time has made it into the hall of fame. It's not only the fact that he's a Colorado Rocky. It's the fact that it now sense sets a precedence that Baseball writers are starting to come around on the idea that <laughs> just because a guy plays in a hitter-friendly park doesn't mean that should be held against him for his whole entire career and afterwards, and his achievements shouldn't be measured, especially when we don't measure pitchers by their achievements in pitcher-friendly parks. Yeah, it is pretty funny. I, I, it, and sorry if you were about to say something about it, but they are. This is coming in a time where the New York Yankees park is somewhat laughable on one side of the field yep and it's like oh this big market team is doing it right oh it's not really that big a deal right we don't really care about it anymore we don't care about it anymore hey colorado i i know we made you put in uh what what they what they put in to to humidor 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 Humidor. i was like in my head, I was like aquifer, and I was like, I I know that's the wrong <laughs> stevedore. I was like, that's the wrong fucking word. <laughs> uh, Labrador. They put a, lab- a, la- a Labrador retriever. They put it, <laughs> but it is pretty funny to see that. But uh, and, and Nevada. Well, I, you know what? Let's for we'll get into the blind five seconds since we are opening up with MLB Hall of Fame. Let's go ahead and uh, show our ever fluid state and just discuss Major League Baseball's Hall of Fame. So. Uh, which one of you two chuckle fucks wants to go first? I I have it pulled up. So uh, the the hall of, so so candidates this year needed 289 votes to be elected. 
Um, so that's basically if you get above 75% of the, the votes you're in. So if you get less than 5%, you drop off any future ballots. Uh, and, a, and a player can only go for uh, 10 years. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. a, a player can only go for 10 years. Uh, first time, uh, first ballot Hall of Famer. Uh, our first first ballot, two first ballot guys got in. Adrian Beltre got in with six, uh, 366 votes. That's 95.1%. And Joe Maurer uh, got in with 293 votes, four more than he needed. That's 76.1%. Todd Helton, as we've mentioned, Colorado Rocky, uh, it, 307 votes, 79.7%. Guys who just missed, Billy Wagner, uh, famous closer, uh, only missed by five votes, so assume he'll get in next year. Gary Sheffield now drops off the ballot as this was his 10th year. He only got 63% of the vote. Uh, a couple of other names. Alex Rodriguez got 34%. Manny Ramirez got 32%. Um, David Wright only got 6%, which, which is, which is hard to, hard to see. Uh, players that received less than 5%. Jose Batista, who should get in the Hall of Fame for the greatest bat flip of all time. Uh, Victor Martinez, Bartolo Colon, Matt Holiday, Adrian Gonzalez, Brandon Phillips, Jose Reyes, and James Shields. Uh, all got less than five percent, and you will not see them uh, on future uh, on on future uh, ballots. Brandon Phillips got less than five. Brandon Phillips got one vote. That's that's a brutal list of less than five. Yep. And I think I think here's the problem, right? right? Is that we're we're starting to get into the I I have to go and I have to look up these players, right? Jose Batista wasn't a great player, wasn't a Hall of Fame player, right? Brandon Phillips wasn't a Hall of Fame player. The problem is now we're starting to enter where we these are the players we grew up with. And it's like I was I said the exact same thing to you when this when this came out earlier today. I was like Brandon Phillips got one vote. You go in back and you look at his career stats, they're not that good. But you just remember him from the highlight plays he made and how he was just an everyday player playing for the Reds. That's what you remember, right? Jose Batista, greatest bat flip in history and and a, and a career with the Blue Jays for a really long time. Uh, that's 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 where I kind of got to start to separate it. So, Beltre, Helton, and Maurer get in. So, on the list now left is Wagner, Jones, Beltron. Carlos Beltran, A-Rod, Manny, Chase Utley, Omar Vizcal, Bobby Abreu, Jimmy Rollins, Andy Pettit, Mark Burley, uh, K-Rod, Francisco Rodriguez, Torrey Hunter, and David Wright. Uh, what they'll probably add, we, we get to add more in. But what are your guys' thoughts on, on this ballot? And who do, you, who do you see making it in next year? I mean, it's Brandon Phillips. It's still kind of crazy, dude. 200 stolen bases. 2,000 hits, 368 doubles, <laughs> 275 batting average, <laughs> three-time All-Star, four-time Gold Glove, Silver Slugger. Like, I've seen less deserving people get in. Um, yeah. Look, the fact – I don't think I thought Joe Bauer was that good. Or Joe Maurer, I'm sorry. So – and I looked at his stats, and he's actually pretty good. Nevada, did you break up on us? 
So Joe huh? Mauer never Joe Mauer never won an MVP, if I'm correct, right? Or does he have one? He has I think one he MVP. has one. He has one. Yeah, I think one. The problem is Joe Mauer is a great comp to Terrell Davis. He didn't have sustained he didn't have like these these years and years of success that you saw uh, other Hall of Fame players have. I'll say Todd Helton, I'll say Adrian Beltre. He didn't have those years and years of success. But the years that he had, Joe Mauer revolutionized the catcher position. Joe Mauer took catching from a sport where you would take a guy who was a prospect, who is a catcher, and you'd say he can hit, and we don't want to destroy his knees, so let's move him to first base. Let's move him to the outfield. And Joe Maurer finally convinced scouts that, yes, a guy can play catcher, and he can hit, and it still did destroy his knees. But the peak of Joe Maurer, the best you know, seven years, I think, was incredible, and that's why he's in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. I looked at I mean, I don't think he deserves to be in. You know, you, he also might have benefited from a weak ballot, right? Baseball writers are under this illusion that you have to elect somebody, right? They won't go a year without electing somebody. Because then, because then every, because then if they don't elect somebody, they understand that baseball is a dying sport in America. And if they don't elect somebody, they lose this kind of buildup that we've had for the last month, right? Where people are like, actually like, oh, well, who's going to get in? Oh, well, well, there's the public ballot coming out now, right? If they don't elect people, I would, you'd be like, who cares? Like, are you going to elect people this year? Right? And they would use that, they would lose that year of credibility. <laughs> credibility. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Nevada, your, your thoughts on this? Uh, sorry, I think I kind of stepped on you a little bit, but I, I think you might have just broken in and out a little bit. No, obviously for this year, obviously super excited for Todd. Um, Nick and I grew up basically idolizing Todd. It was Todd and Larry Walker for a while until he moved on, but Todd was – he is Mr. Rocky. He is the Rockies. He stuck it out. Um just before they went to the World Series that offseason, there was basically a trade in place for him to go to the Red Sox. Um, but there was a issue over pitching prospects. I can't remember who it was that the Rockies wanted. And I think it was pitching prospects, and the Red Sox were like, now now we good. And obviously we kept Todd and the rest is history. So um for me, I'll there's two, one moment that I'll always remember, and that's when he's final out of the NLCS, where Tulo circles around, picks it up, whips it at Todd at 95 miles an hour. He scoops it up like he always does, and then it's just the double barrel forearms in the air because he knew what that meant not only to him, but to the franchise, to the fan base, everything. Like, it was absolute euphoria. Um as far as on the field stuff, obviously his defense, you throw a baseball at first base, it's a vacuum. He's picking it up. It doesn't matter how bad it is. He's going to scoop that ball up. That, that goes to show his gold gloves that he won. Um, and then his at the plate, the guy was a total prick. He would have 15 pitch at bats just fouling balls off. 
once he fouls four or five off, you're like, all right, he's he's going to get on base. He's either going to hit a double or he's going to get a walk. And that's just what he did. So um, I'm super excited for it. Obviously, Adrian Beltre, no problem with that. Um, Joe Maurer, yeah, he doesn't really move the needle for me. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. Uh, back to Nick's question about next year's Hall of Fame ballot. Um, I'd have to think about the ones who are on the ballot, but I will give you two newcomers who I think you both will agree, or at least one person um, that's upcoming has got to be a no-doubter, and that's Ichiro, right? Um, he's already been in the hall. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. In my head, Ichiro's already a Hall of Famer. Yeah, he's, he's pretty much been in the Hall of Fame since he came to the U.S. because his career in Japan was unreal. And then the other one that I think probably should, can, will get in on the first round next year is going to be CC. Um, oh, Sabathia. Dang. Yeah. That's interesting. So those that, are the, that, that those age are headliners. Yeah. So he's on there uh, next year. Also, you got Dustin Pedroia, Ian Kinsler, and King Felix. Um, you know, they're all good players. I don't know if they don't quite reach, certainly not each row level. And obviously CC, that's, I could see him sneaking in on the first ballot. He is kind of beloved, but I don't. I think CC feels more inflated, um, the way people talk about him than what I actually remember of him. Now I'd have to go look at statistics and stuff to to be able to defend sure. that. But I don't know. I just, I that's just <laughs> kind of how it feels for me. But I'm looking at Joe Mauer. Joe Mauer had to run. He went from 06 to 2013. Um, Except for 07 and 2011, uh, where he didn't play like pretty much a full complement of games, he wasn't any any awards. But that's six All Stars. He finished top five in MVP voting twice, winning once in 2009. Nevada put it here in the chat. 365 batting average, which is just crazy. And then he had 96 RBI, but he had 365 batting average. Uh, on base percentage was 444. Slugging was 587. OPS was 1031. And OPS plus was 171. And he led the league in all five of those categories. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, and, and, and that's, that's not even, that's not even taking into consideration his defensive metrics. Right. And, and I, I think really that I will not underestimate his his contribution to the game. To Nevada's point to Todd Helton, Todd Helton hit 252 in two strike counts and hit over his career. The Damn. MOB the MOB average last year was 183. Yeah, it was not good. That's for sure. not good. You don't like getting two strike counts. Believe me, as a pitcher, I love getting a guy in two strike counts cuz I can throw whatever. I get four pitches to throw whatever. Yeah, cuz he, he's He's like, if he throws a strike, I don't want to get thrown out. Then they'll throw it in the dirt. And now you're looking like a jackass. <laughs> yeah. 252 he hit in two strike counts. Uh, Todd Helen fin- for his career hit 316. Uh, 316, yep. Shout out Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yep. Um, uh, I believe averaged uh, over 162 games, uh, over an average 162 game season, he averaged 43 doubles. Uh, 27 home runs, 101 RBIs, 316. Uh, and over his career, and this was always something 
that you loved about Todd Helton. He averaged over 162 games, 11 more walks than strikeouts. Dang. There was only That's one in his career. There is, well, near the end of his career, he wasn't, he wasn't too great. So let's take out, let's take out 2010 and beyond. But before 2010, there were only two years where he struck out more than he walked. 61.8 war. Joe Maurer had uh, 55.2, I believe. 55.2. And I mean, the funny thing is, is none of us are debating the merits of Adrian Beltre. Right. No. Well, I just feel like <laughs> I feel like Beltre just played for so long and at a high level that you have to be like, yeah. And that what's crazy is he did play for so long. And he still finished with a 286 batting average, 93.5 war, which is just, just bonkers. <laughs> well, I think, I, I, and, and I think the crazy thing here as I look it up, Adrian Beltre, before he turned the age of 30, was a decent player, right? If you take a 162 game season, he hit 25 home runs, uh, 89 RBIs, a, a 271 batting average, 33 doubles. 10 stolen bases, like that's all right. But then when you take a look at like, oh, let's take a look at Adrian Beltre, age 30, let's say 30 to 37, Adrian Beltre. He uh, averaged 305, 29 homers, 100 RBIs, 38 doubles. Like the the dude was like a fine wine. It just seemed like every year he just got better and he never really fell off. He was, he was, he was 37 and he finished seventh in the in, in the MVP voting and won a gold glove. Yeah, the uh Texas Rangers Beltre was incredible. Incredible. So I being from Texas, like I I like to pseudo root for Texas teams unless they're playing my teams, right? Just just a byproduct being Texan. Stop me if you've heard Texans being proud of their state. Um but man, when he came to Texas and was just doing all kinds of crazy stuff, I remember when he lost to Miguel Cabrera, the MVP race. I don't remember what year. Uh, was it what year was it? Uh, I mean, the 2012, 2012, 2000, and that was the 2012 Tigers on top of that. So I was pissed, and he finished third behind Cabrera and Mike Trout. Right. <laughs> and you know yeah. how I feel about mm. fucking Mike Trout. And I was just like, it should have been Beltre, you fucking bitches. Like, I was upset, like, if it was my my team. But I was, you know, especially, like, I have love for Dominican ball players and Puerto Rican ball players. Like, so I was rooting for my my D Dominican hobby there. Not that I'm not a Miggy fan. I'm just – it. Miggy played for Detroit. Like, fuck Detroit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like <laughs> – yeah, I mean, to, to your point, Jermaine, he didn't get to Texas until 2011 when he was 32 years old, and he retired in 2018 when he was 39. And over that stretch, even that he, even though he had years where where his last two years he wasn't that great, right? He only played in 119 and 94 games, which is kind of crazy for a 38 and 39 year old. But over that span, he had 200 home runs with the Rangers. 700 almost 700 rbis 699 that's an average of 29 home runs a season 103 rbis he hit 305 his ops plus which 100 is average his ops plus was 128 like he he, he he was just an incredible player 
And at an age where most players go down, Beltre was going up. And he didn't fail any juice as he was going up. You know what I mean? So he must have that good shit. <laughs> he, he, he was on that uh that Russian doping. Oh yeah. Man, I gotta re- rewatch that. That uh Icarus. Icarus, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just like reminiscent about I might watch that documentary again. Dude, Ick dude, I- Icarus. Okay, just to switch topics for a second. I was talking about Icarus the other day. It's such a bonkers documentary because it starts out with a dude being like, I wonder if I can win an amateur bike race by taking steroids. And then it's like, Russia killed everybody. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> I was I remember like Someone telling me the premise and then me watching like the first like 15 minutes of it. And I'm just like, how the fuck does this tie tie into Russia and the Olympics? You're like, oh, he doesn't make it. He doesn't he doesn't win the bike race. He was so close. And then you're like, wait, they did what to a dude? (laughs) I met with Dr. Igor Siskirchen and they threw him out a window a week later. (laughs) Dude, yes. I remember, I remember like, holy crap, what a wild documentary that just is all time switch. But uh, no, so obviously congratulations to Todd Helen. I know you two are beyond ecstatic. Congratulations to Adrian Beltre and uh, congratulations to Joe Maurer. I, look, just because I don't think you deserve to be in. <laughs> what is, the fuck does that matter? You in, baby. Congratulations. Right. Your ballot doesn't mean shit. Yeah, I trust. I ain't one of those crumudgeny sports writers that got you in, right. fellow. So don't be sending me no no roses in the mail. Uh, I, I will take money though. So go ahead and send it my way. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right. So and you guys, said, Nick, what was the? Here's the thing about the Hall of Fame. And you were going to go into some long diatribe pre-show about how it's just a waiting list. And if you don't slip the bookie $20 at the front, you're not going to get a host to sit you at a table. That was oh, a rant okay. you were going to go oh, yeah. on. This, this was the Gary Sheffield rant, right? That it, you had these guys that in the late 90s and early 2000s saved your sport, the sport of baseball, from the, from the strike in 94-95, in right? And those guys took steroids, okay? So – those guys have ridiculous Hall of Fame worthy stats, right? Your Sammy Sosa's, your Mark McGuire's, your Alex Rodriguez, your your Manny Ramirez, right? Your David Ortiz. Oh wait, he got in, uh, so we don't really hold that standard. Andy Pettit, Andy Pettit, but he's not, you know. So you have this list of guys. So if you say they're not going to get in, then you remove them out of the list, and then the best players in the MLB during that time frame they get moved up. So Gary Sheffield had the same stats that these guys had without taking steroids. He also contributed to saving your game. Are we just going to say that those years didn't happen? Right. 1996 to 2006 to 2010 never happened because there was such a stain on baseball, which still exists because of 1996 through 2010. Like, I don't understand. Pay homage to the greats. That's what the Baseball Hall of Fame is. So that future generations of baseball fans can look back and say, wow, I wish I would have seen Babe Ruth play. I wish I would have seen Hank Aaron play. I wish I would have seen Lou Gehrig and Thrist Speaker play. So they're just going to look back at 1996-2010 and say, well, who played during that? 
right? Are we we're putting in like we're not even putting in Gary Sheffield now? So- Two, 292 batting average, 509 home runs, 1,676 RBI, 253 stolen bases, OPS plus of 140. Nine-time All-Star, 1997 World Series, five-time Silver Slugger, batting title, and Major League Player of the Year. What are we doing? Like, I don't know if that Major League Player of the Year is. Probably I don't. It's probably TSN. Something. It's TSN. Oh, Canadian because he played for the Blue Jays. Um, I just don't understand that. Like, we're just gonna have no when when I'm old and I'm telling my grandchildren about baseball. They can't look to a player in the Hall of Fame and say, oh, there's the legend of the game that played then, right? They're not going to have a record left over in the base, which is originally what the Baseball Hall of Fame was supposed to be, a record for future generations to continue on the love of baseball. At least at least put a wing in the Baseball Hall of Fame that says, hey, these steroids guys, steroids, win. right, this is this steroids, it's since been tainted, but they saved our sport. We wouldn't have baseball if it weren't for these guys clubbing 70-plus home runs. There's literally a documentary about, and it was romantic about it's that. It's one of the time. best 30 for 30s. Yeah. So, so Gary Sheffield, right? 60.5 war, which to me is like one of the greatest statistics ever created. Right. That's better than Joe Maurer. Right. His everything else is better than Joe Maurer. What's but his thing? What how many? What what war did he have? 60.5. Uh that's eleven less than Derek Jeter. And everybody fucking loves Derek Jeter. <laughs> yeah. If Derek Jeter couldn't play defense. <laughs> Gary Sheffield. Finished top three in MVP in 1992. You want to take a guess on the next season that he finished top three in MVP voting? Uh, in 1992, he played until when? He finished He finished top three in 1992, started uh, in 88, finished in 09. He it, did, was like, it was like 2004, 2005. 2003, he finished yeah. top three. Uh, yeah. 2004, he finished top two. Yeah. He was, he was another Adrian Beltre type guy. He was like you, you, you. Gary Sheffield played at a high level his whole career. For sure, I remember, I remember kind of thinking, "Oh, Gary Sheffield's done." And then around the early two thousands, all of a sudden, Gary Sheffield's play like he starts. He played for Atlanta, and then he played for the Yankees, and then he just had this resurgence. And I was just like, "God damn!" And then the Yankees didn't want him anymore, and then he went to the Lions. And then, unfortunately, he finished his career with the Mets. That's a tough. That's a bad. Ugh. That's I, a that's a bad beat, bro. Those Mets, the '09 <laughs> Mets. That's a bad squad. If if you compare him to similar players, and I'm using BaseballReference.com here, and I'm I'm just gonna list some of these guys, and, and let me know if these are these are famous guys. These are similar batters to Gary Sheffield, Chipper Jones, Mel Ott, Reggie Jackson. Carlos Beltran, Ken Griffey Jr., Fred McGriff, Mickey Mantle, Billy Williams, Frank Robertson, Frank Thomas. Are those all Hall of Famers? By the way, every one of those except for Carlos Beltran is a Hall of Famer. That's you were naming that list, and I was like, I don't. I think those are all Hall, Hall of Famers. Is and Carlos Beltran is already off the ballot. He's no longer Carlos eligible. Beltran had fifty-seven votes this last year. Oh yeah, so he. Finished yeah. in 2017. How long do you have to wait to get onto the ballot? Five, five, years. five years. Yeah. 
So he's only been on there two years. So he's going to get in and Gary Sheffield didn't get in. The problem is people are very, very divided on Gary Sheffield. Why? And I think the problem is when you go to Hall of Fame statistics, right? So there's there's a thing among uh, among Hall of Fame voters that that are certain different um, like Hall of Fame stats, right? So there's your black ink test, right? Which is the the stuff that you can the stuff that you can see. It's the bold face stuff. It's home runs, runs batted in, batting average, run scored, hits, slugging percentage. Then there's a gray ink test. Right, but it counts appearances in the top ten of the league, and then that's top a, a, ten of what the the top ten in that in a category of the category of of the black ink categories. Right, Gary Sheffield is not that good because he played in an era where he was never the best. Right, he was never the best hitter for average. Remember the eras when Gary Sheffield played. Right, you said you said nineteen eighty eight to two thousand and eight nine. 2009, right? If you didn't hit for power, you hit for ridiculous average, right? Or he played, you know, in the late 80s, early 90s, or you hit for a lot of power. So he never led the league in either, right? And then in the later, latter part of his career, guys were hitting for both power and average because they were on steroids. So my fault is why are you holding these categories? Like, why are you holding Gary Sheffield against these categories, right? When, if you just compare his Hall of Fame statistics across all Hall of Famers, or you compare his career to Hall of Famers, he's very firmly in the Hall of Fame. Bro, he hit 276 at age 40. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I, 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 don't, I don't get the case against Gary Sheffield. He should get in for his batting stance alone. I, I, have, I have been in debates where I have tried to explain to people that Gary Sheffield should be a hall of famer and, and people are staunchly against it. And I cannot understand why I just can't wrap my head around it. Your batting title, five times silver slugger, nine time all all star won a world series. <laughs> it's just, I, I can't wrap my head around it. <laughs> Nevada thoughts on Gary Sheffield. Uh, in short. Yeah. He should be in the hall. I, I don't get the hate, um, obviously, coming from a team that just their players in general get the hate because they play at Coors Field. I, I, I don't get it. The guy put up the numbers. He put up the stats. Like Nick has said, he he was one of the people that helped save baseball. Um I don't know. Maybe he would have gotten more attention if he took steroids. I don't know. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's so funny. Like they, you can't have it both ways. There, yeah. that, that's what's. You're both saying the same thing, and it's just cracking me up. It's like, okay, you're not letting him in because of steroids. <laughs> and then, so what about the dude who didn't take steroids and was putting up numbers like those motherfuckers who 500 home runs? I feel like should be Hall of Fame worthy. Right. I mean, you yeah. want to say, oh, hey, in this, hey, hey, in these, in these numbers, like the main categories, we think home runs, RBIs, batting average, right? You're like, oh, he wasn't top in that, right? He's not top. And then you look at every year, and you're like, oh, well, he wasn't top ten in any of those. It's like because he played in the steroid era, that's where he made his bones in the steroid era. But if you take the steroid era out, you got to take those guys out of those tests too. 
So that's a, good, that's a good point. Like Lance Armstrong, they didn't give the two. Like Lance Armstrong doesn't still get to have his Tour de France's. And everybody, those Tour de France's get given to the person who finished with no steroid allegations. Who finished second or third? If, I don't oh, think. I think he finished like twentieth. The dude, the dude that is so. the winner just, now finished twentieth yeah. because everyone let me, else was. Let me look that up. That's amazing. All right, well, kind of like what Nick was saying. If if you're gonna judge the guy based on the steroid era and have all these stats be like, well, Bonds did this and A Rod did this, yada yada yada. Cool. And you're not going to let him in? Fine. Then don't compare him and grade him against them, even though he was still right up there with them. That's not fair to the guy if you're going to put him up against those numbers and be like, well, these numbers don't count because they're steroids. Well, then stop it. (laughs) No, bad. Bad. This is a question I asked this morning because I've been firmly out for a while. Why do we still care about the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame? Because I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I just do. Okay. It's my sport. You don't not not the last not last year. Well, yeah, it's because the Rockies suck. It's, it's still my <laughs> sport, year, whether I, still year. my sport whether I watch it or not. <laughs> every year they suck. Doesn't change. Oh yeah, they they just eliminated Lance Armstrong. They didn't eliminate anybody else. Yeah, they only eliminated the goat. Yeah, of course, because yeah. he was. He was the guy on top. Also, he's American in a European sport, so they couldn't wait to fucking kill Oh, him yeah. Out. Oh, they got him. Got your ass, dude. <laughs> <laughs> we got him, folks. We got him. That cheating bastard. All right. So, uh, Nevada, let's get into blind five, and then we'll go into our NHL midseason review. Yeah, sure. So, uh, first option is going to be legally blonde. Ooh. Is this Reese Witherspoon films, or is it the hysterical chick who is a is a type actress who I can't remember her name, but she recently made a comeback in something as well. Do you know who I'm talking about, Nick? The one who who does the bended snap. Oh, uh, the the milf from. Um... Oh yeah, from yeah, she could get it. Uh, Jennifer Coolidge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. Jennifer Coolidge. Yeah, the mill. Selma Blair was in, in Legally Blonde. Um, I say three. Three, four. I'm, I do really like Legally Blonde, but if it's Reese Witherspoon's movies, I don't think it's up there for me. So, yeah, I, I'll go four. Four? Four. All righty. Um, next one. Will be my cousin Vinny. Is Marissa Tomei in Legally Blonde? Uh, Lawyer movies, maybe. I don't. I haven't seen my cousin Vinny, so. I'm oh, not, I'm idiot! Not what? Oh, 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 man! Oh, 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 did I just trigger some folks? I apologize, ladies. Gentlemen, Luke oh. Wilson is Luke Wilson. Oh, my cousin Mark Morahan is not going to be happy. When he <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Well, he wasn't around to force me to watch my cousin Vinny. <laughs> That's true. That's true. What, was I, Luke- I, I know? I know two of the movies. I, I know two movies by heart, and that's Few Good Men and My Cousin Vinny because my father loves those movies. <laughs> All right, so I'm looking at my cousin. Oh, it's got Joe Pesci too. 
1992. Uh, a, I was two years old. Like, come on, guys. Give me a uh, break. It's a great movie. It is a great movie. Is Lane Smith in both these movies? Who the fuck lawyer, is that? Lawyer movies? Are we thinking too deep? It might I, be just law, it might be just lawyer movies. I don't see any similar actors or actresses. I so. would go, I would oh man, I would say two. I will let you pick because uh, I haven't seen it's it. It's two then. I haven't seen just it. Just because I'm not ready to give one on number two, but it's it's two for me. If it's good enough to be one, but I'll tell you this much: if Devil's Advocate shows up, uh, you cannot have the number one spot. I don't care how good my cousin Vinny is. <laughs> and yeah, you can come at me, Mister Morehead. <laughs> I don't ever. I don't think I've seen Devil's Advocate with Keanu Reeves and Al Pacino. Really? You've seen my cousin oh, fucking man. Vinny, but not Keanu Reeves and Al Pacino. Let's see. Why well, is that movie? Uh, pick the next one then. If it comes up, then we'll have this discussion. And Charlie's Theron, like that's Charlie's the Ron. Is that really how you say it? No, I don't know. No, <laughs> you did. All right. Uh, well, well, you guys figure out which movies you have and haven't seen. Uh, next one's going to be, ironically enough, Few Good Men. It's gotta, is this, it's is be this a oh. Mark Morehead special? Is this this what, is this just is, how long Nevada has been. Be, yeah. This is just how long Nevada's been around me. He just he he just picks these movies. Ah, uh, I mean that's a good candidate for one, brother. That's what I dude. I I mean if you're gonna say it's one, I'm saying it's one. I I think it's a pretty good candidate for one. You, you said come, a, you come here in your white uniform, dude. Tom Cruise, Jack Nicholson, dog, like. I mean, what more can you say? That movie still still gets me going to this day. That courtroom scene is fucking amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing. And they the way they like build to it, you don't know what the fuck is going on. <laughs> I'm gonna rip off your head and shit down your neck. You fucked with the wrong marine. Dude, you got you got heavy hitters as as all the officers. Kevin, Kevin Bacon, yeah. Kiefer Sutherland. Kiefer Sutherland, yeah. Demi Moore was in that dude. Come on. Oh, Kiefer, man. wait. Yeah, Kiefer he, Sutherland, Kiefer. not 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 Kevin Bacon. No, Kevin Bacon's in there. Kevin Bacon, they're both yeah, in there. Okay. All right, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Going one? Going so, yeah, one. We're going, yeah, we're going one. We're going one. Okay. I swear to God, if fucking uh, Aaron Brockovich is in <laughs> is one of these movies. Uh, I'm going to switch up the next one. I'm going to go with <laughs> uh, Liar, Liar. Oh. That's my favorite Jim Carrey movie. <laughs> well, I, I would, it's it's, it's got to be three. <laughs> I would put Liar Liar above uh, Legally Blonde. I think we fucked up by putting Legally Blonde at four. Four. I think my cousin Vinny probably should be three or four. Yeah, we put it at two, though. Yeah, Liar Liar. liar. We? Do not. You haven't seen it. Don't put me as we. Liar Liar. The pen is royal blue. (laughs) I fucking love Liar Liar. All right, and do I like court? Do we like just do we just like courtroom movies? All, if the next if the next one's Philadelphia Five, if my cousin Vinny turns out to be very good, then maybe I do like court movies. But give <laughs> give us the last option, Nevada. Last one uh, is going to be a Time to Kill. Ah, uh, five. I haven't seen that. It's a uh, good movie. It's better than Legally Blonde. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. Legally Blonde is a very Time to good. Kill is Samuel Jackson. And uh, McConaughey and Sandra Bullock, yeah, bro. Mm -hmm. See, this was these all these movies came out 
when I yeah. was my my mom was she followed those 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 mature ratings. My mom followed those, and I yeah. actually very much appreciate it because I didn't need not need to be exposed to all that. Dude, shit. The, this movie has some hitters in it too: McConaughey, Bullock, Jackson, Kevin Spacey. I, I mean, at the time, remember, at the time, don't cancel me. <laughs> Donald Sutherland, Kiefer Sutherland, Ashley Judd. That's some hitters. Bro, that is a lot of hitters. Also, check out the writer, John Grisham, and the director, Joel Schumacher. Oh, yeah. Stop Mm -hmm. me if you heard those motherfuckers before. Never. Would would you guys like to hear the uh, alternate movies? Uh, Yeah, I mean, if you got alternate movies. Aaron Brockovich is in there, you son of a bitch. It was was just, no, I didn't have her on there. (laughs) It was uh, lawyer movies. Um, So another one was Law Abiding Citizen. Love that movie with That's, Gerard Butler. Yep. <sighs> Man, that movie it because that that came after he had some some iffy movies come out, and so Law Abiding Citizen I think didn't do as well because like of that. Bounty Hunter. <laughs> it was around that time frame. My yeah. God. <laughs> but um, but a Law Abiding Citizen, if you are a dude and you like dude movies. That's a dude movie. For that's sure. a dude movie. That's a dude movie. For that's sure. a dude movie. Bro. That's 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 pizza hot wings and a and a twelve pack of beer for movie. sure. That's you and the boys, like your girl. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It's boys' night, and your girl's like, "I bet you they're up to no good." And it's just you and your boys, just like, bro, bro. It's law abiding I'm shaking. You Dude, know what I mean? Yeah. Like, just oh, fire. Uh, we laughed. We cried. We also had uh, Lincoln Lawyer. It was a beautiful time. Lincoln, I don't have I seen Lincoln Lawyer. I don't know that I have. I have, also with McConaughey. I know McConaughey's in it. I have not seen that one. And then another one. I didn't include it because I doubt either one of you saw it. But the Judge. That's like the that's like Judge Dredd, right? Why didn't you include that one? Yeah, Ma, I don't um, even know who's in the Judge. Yeah, it's judge. Robert Downey Jr. and. Um, Robert Duvall are the two main characters. Oh, post drugs. Robert Downey Jr. Wait, wait. Yeah, RD, Iron Man. RDJ and Robert Duvall. Uh, yeps, yes, sir. That's Jeremy, cool. Jeremy Strong, Billy Bob Thornton. That might be a fire, fire Damn, movie. It's, it's a, it's a low key good movie. So he went from so Gerard Butler made Beowulf and Grendel. <laughs> he made three hundred. I only I, I think that I think that's a fire movie, Be- Beowulf and Grendel. The only problem I don't like is because they made us watch it in high school, and like we had to like analyze it. Like, yeah, how does it compare to the poem? If I had just seen it, it would have been a fire movie. But the fact that I had to watch it every single day for like two weeks. Poor you! You watched the movie every day for two weeks, and that's what you're fucking upset about. Well, we didn't get, we didn't really watch the movie. It was like you watched like five minutes, and they're like, "How is this different from the stanza of the play?" <laughs> How dare you critic make me critically think in school, you bastards! Oh, right. uh, so he went from three hundred to, I mean, guilty hearts, no clue, shattered, no clue. P.S. I love you. I think is actually a pretty good fucking movie. Uh, then he made Nim's Island. He made Rock and Rolla. Then he had The Ugly Truth, which a lot of people did not like. Don't know why. A, I thought that was a good movie. Then he had Gamer. And this is where he's like on Gamer, the Gamer, kind of another dude's movie. 
So I yeah. like Gamer, but a lot of people did not like that. It's a movie. dude's movie. It was a dude's movie. <laughs> it's a dude's movie. <laughs> uh, that's and then after Law Abiding Citizen came the Bounty Hunter came, uh, <laughs> and then he went into voice acting and you kind of stopped doing stuff. Machine Gun Preacher, first of all. Oh God, I have to watch that. Now. That doesn't beat Velosa Preacher though. Velosa Pastor. <laughs> Velosa Pastor. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> Gerard Butler, Michelle Monaghan, and Michael Shannon. I'm gonna have to watch this uh, Machine Gun Preacher. How did this get 6.7 out of 10, and The Ugly Truth got 6.4? <laughs> Machine Gun Preacher, I bet you, is another dude's movie. It, it absolutely <laughs> is. This is the premise. Are you ready? Okay, let's hear it. Sam Childers is a former drug dealing biker. Yeah, dude, I'm in. Tough guy who found God and became a crusader for hundreds of Sudanese children who've been forced to become soldiers. Is this based on a fucking true story and I'm over here clowning on it? <laughs> that, guy's nah. a, that guy's a dude. It's probably based on a based on a true story. Holy fuck, it's from the director of Monsters Ball and Kite Runner. Damn. I, I think I might have to watch this movie. This this, this just became a fucking Gerard right. Butler love fest. I do love me some Gerard Butler, but we got a lot to go. Sorry, go ahead. Tom. We got we got to watch Machine Gun Pastor, My Cousin Vinny, Nick has to watch Devil's Advocate. Uh, we have to watch the judge. Other, the judge. The judge. Skip, skip on those tickets, boys. We're not going to the Wizards game anymore. <laughs> Le- Lincoln Lawyer. Oh, we're about to each rack out two thirty racks while watching movies. Sounds like a good time, bro. Just watching yeah, some dude movies. Dude movie. <laughs> All right, we're going to get to the NL- NHL midseason review here. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. We're upon all-star season for the NHL. We will be conducting an NHL all-star draft in this episode, just for shits and gigs. Um, and then you'll be able to vote on who you think has the best roster, and it's going to be me again, of course, because I always win these things. But uh, let's start with you, Nick. Because we don't want Nevada to take your surprises yes, <laughs> or so, your takeaways. So I'll, I'll start off with my my three good surprise teams, and then I'll give my three bad surprise teams. So, so three good surprise teams, and, and this is coming from teams I I didn't think were going to be uh, doing as well as they are, either either leading the conference or their division, or just performing above expectations. That would be the Winnipeg Jets for me, Vancouver Canucks. And the Arizona Coyotes managing to surprise me this year. I, I know we said at the beginning of the year they they are probably two to three years off, and they're slowly kind of doing this tear it down a little bit at a time and rebuild it a little bit of a time, like a home remodel. But they're doing pretty well. I think they're ninth right now in the Western Conference uh, and right on the edge of playoff contention. Now my bads. I thought the Pittsburgh Penguins were going to win the Stanley Cup this year, and yet they can't figure out how to friggin' score a goal. Their defense is great. Their goaltending is great. But the one thing that Pittsburgh has consistently been great at year over year, scoring, they can't do. Buffalo. Buffalo is who we thought they were. (laughs) One year of success does not mean the Buffalo Sabres are back. The New Jersey Devils apply the same thing. One year of a great, talented, young team doesn't mean the New Jersey Devils are back. And then I just had to make a mention of them, the San Jose Sharks, are historically bad. They're on pace to beat uh, the Nevada 2012-2013 Avs 
for worst uh, team in NHL history? Well, I mean, if you count the uh, COVID year, it's technically the Red Wings. But yes, full season, it'd be the Avs. Well, then I do look count at you trying and well, then fuck look. off. We well, don't count look. the COVID year for anything. No, I count it, it for the Red Wings. The, the Dodgers fun. championship is good. The Lakers championship is good because we're counting the Red fun. Wings as the worst team. All right, so, you you so, know you don't want to give the Dodgers that. So then, no, I don't care about the Dodgers. Just don't give the Giants another one. Um you those are those are my good and my bad teams. San Jose has just been so historically bad. All this right, year. so you keep you keep beating down San Jose, right? And I just want to point out that. So one of my takeaways, I'll just lump it in here since we're just gonna beat these goddamn horses, is how bad Chicago actually is. I know oh, yeah. Con, Con, I know Connor Bedard getting hurt kind of hurts that, especially when he was leading in po- goals, assists, and points for rookies, um, but. Points wise, the San Jose Sharks have 28 points right now, which is awful. I understand why you're beating the horse. Chicago only has 30. <laughs> so I just I do want to spotlight. I right, throw Chicago in there then. That's so that's why I'm I'm just jumping in with you. Go ahead, marry the sharks. Just I, I do think Chicago has a has a Chicago has a goal differential of I think in the in the negative 40s, right? San Jose uh, has they a, are 64. So I, 64. Yeah, 64. San Jose has a negative 91 goal differential right now. No, that's pretty bad. They are just <laughs> getting the – Chicago is playing games close, right? And Chicago is losing a lot of games in overtime where they're losing one goal games, right? They're losing, right? I agree with you. They're not doing great. But San Jose is getting the dog shit beaten out of them. They're just – they're losing 7-1. They're losing 5-2. to They're losing like that. All right, so that's – those are my good or bad teams. I just want to highlight – one group of players, and then I'll hand it over to Nevada. Top goalies this year, or guys that we we thought were going to be top goalies this year, are underperforming so much. Igor Siskurgin, right now, a 2.81 goals against average. He's only saving 90% of his shots. Sorokin for the Islanders, 3.71 or 3.17 goals against average. He's only saving 91% of his shots. Uh, Ottinger for Dallas. 2.97 goals against average. He's only saving 90% of his shots. Uh, Schmid, only in 15 games for the New Jersey Devils, but he has a 3.26 goals against average. He's only saving 89% of his thoughts. I won't take this out to the league. I'll bring it back home. Uh, Gorgiev for the Colorado Avalanche, who was supposed to be the goalie that was going to bridge the gap and give us the goalie help that we have desperately needed since prime Sergei or uh, Sermon Verlamov, 2.89 or 2.98 goals against average, 89.6% save percentage. The top goalies that we thought this year are not the top goalies and they're not playing well. That being said, Nevada, over to you for your, your midseason NHL preview. Yeah, you, you took some of the thunder from me. Um, I agree with you. The Jets have been, I think, the reason I wasn't high in the Jets was I was fully expecting them to trade Hellebuck and Mark Shifley. And then like two days after our episode drops, they both signed eight year deals. So yeah, yeah they go both f- got paid after we said they would get traded. Yeah. Go figure. So um, you, you touched on the Canucks. They're doing awesome. Um, teams. The only other team I would say that is frustrating um, is the Kraken. They kind of came out pretty lackluster. They've kind of sorted it out a little bit here, but uh, that's they've had a disappointing start. And then to your point with the Devils, 
And I know I mentioned this in the early season uh, preview, them losing Andrew Burnett, who went over to Nashville. He was the offensive catalyst. He was there when the Panthers were doing really well. And then obviously last year with the Devils, when the Devils popped off, now you can see the Devils kind of regressing. They don't have that pop. So um, just a little, little bit on that. Um, as far as other disappointments that I'll put on here, I'll give him a, a little bit of a break, but Trevor Zegras, I know he's been injured, but when he was playing, he had two points in 10 games. That's before he got injured. This is supposed to be your one of your top line guys. Now it's to the point of they're, they may trade him. Um, so again, I'll give him a little bit of a break with the injuries, but Come on, dude. Two points in 10 games, and you're supposed to be the offensive weapon for him? I called it. He's a bum. Yeah. Well. The minute he gets traded to your fucking team, you're going to be ecstatic. Oh, I don't want him on Colorado. <laughs> um, so he played 20 then, games he, this whole season. He's had four goals and three assists. <laughs> yeah. I, again, I'm not going to look at it just the stats and be like, oh, he's got you know four goals or whatever. Granted, yes, he's been um, injured and stuff like that, but to come out the gate just fumbling, it, it's that sucks. My other disappointment, I didn't really have hopes for the Caps, but Obi, well, what is going on? He was supposed to be the one chasing Gretzky's goal mark. He still is, but he has slowed down this year. Um, I think there was a point where he went like, I, I don't even remember how many games it was. It was a couple of weeks he didn't even have a goal. And you're you're still, I don't know, 80-some-odd goals away from tying Ovi or Gretzky. Um, like, pick it up, dude. <laughs> um, they're, ironically, they're in the thick of the wild card still, which is kind of bad. Yeah, well, every yeah, year. The, every year. Yeah, it's like we every year. It's like they suck, and then you go look at it. And you're like, well, they can still make the playoffs. Right, right. It's ridiculous. You're like, who do they have? They don't have. They can't score. They can't defend. They don't have a good goalie. That there they are at ninth. <laughs> <laughs> it's like them in Pittsburgh. Yeah, it, you tie them together. Same way, like we tie Ottawa and Buffalo together, where it's like they're going to take the next step forward. Washington and Pittsburgh are the same way. They're going to contend for the playoffs, and then you're halfway through the season. You're like, what the fuck? So uh, it is what it is. But um, some pleasant surprises that have come through this year. Nick kind of touched on the other side of it with the top goalies underperforming. I'm going to go with those kind of, I wouldn't say no-name goalies, but those next ones where you didn't really think they were going to be contending for the Vesna as top goalie. Um, goalies such as Joey Decord in Seattle. Um, he's obviously helped them rebound and get their points. Aiden Hill in Vegas. He leads right now. He leads the league in safe percentage and goals against. We called him uh, a, we called him a playoff liability last year. Yeah. He, he was he, third or fourth string guy. Cause he was a playoff liability last and year. And then he won. And then he won the Stanley cup. And yep. now, now he's like, Pink swinging dick, dog. See, those just need a little bit of confidence. Um, and then also you got Thatcher Demko in Vancouver. If you're going to be a top team in a conference or in the league, you probably have a stud goalie. Um, he's starting to live up to his expectations when he came out of 
San Diego back in the day. Um, and then uh, Charlie Lindgren, who ironically is playing for the Capitals, even though they're kind of floundering for a playoff spot. He's been amazing since he came up and started taking over the role as uh, the number one netminder. So those are some pleasant surprises that have come come across that uh, aren't just the teams. Yeah, so I have um, Minnesota Wild as one of my disappointments. I had them, <clears throat> I had penciled them in to compete for the division crown, uh, you know, with the Colorado Avalanche and Dallas Stars. Uh, they've kind of fallen flat on their face. Uh, they do have a very impressive amount of goals coming from rookies in Minnesota, which leads to a much more promising future. But as far as this season goes, I've, you know, I've been disappointed from that perspective. Um, also ecstatic because I fucking hate the Minnesota mild. So like, hell yeah, you know, little, little torn because I did like have a dog on them. Uh, but also I'm like, who fucking cares? I'm glad you fucking pieces of shit. I will say, uh, the Detroit Red Wings have been a fun story this year, especially since they're two points removed from taking Tampa Bay's spot as number three in their division. I know that fuck that pisses you off every time I like to shine good stuff on them, but I think that probably makes me want to do it more often. It's about it's about time. They've missed the playoffs for like 10 years. So <laughs> we, throw, we, we throw the dog bone every now and then. Throw a dog a bone, right? <laughs> and then um can't wait to beat him in the Stanley Cup. Look, I if the Colorado Avalanche played the Detroit Red Wings in the Stanley Cup, oh god, I, I am mortgaging. Uh, I'm I'm getting myself into a lot of credit card debt. I I mean like a lot. I'm taking out a personal load. I'm oh yeah, tickets oh. for every single game. Oh, yeah. I will be living in Colorado and Detroit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, not I won't go to Detroit. Oh pussy. I didn't you were Detroit. I know. I knew you were scared. I knew hey, you were scared. Okay, we can be anything we want to these days. You said you even said so on the last episode. <laughs> uh, so, C- Canadian teams not named the Winnipeg Jets and the Vancouver Canucks. What the fuck are you doing? The expectations that they had on you for and then Edmonton has somehow rebounded. And I'll say I know how this somehow rebounded because they have Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. So it's easy to rebound when you have those two guys. But that unbelievable start to the season of just putrid play, for them to be at 53 points, I guess, should be a surprise, not a a disappointment. But it is a disappointment. There is expectations on this team, and they haven't lived up to it. So – to the point of the Oilers, one of the benchmarks is where teams are at on American Thanksgiving, because obviously Canadian Thanksgiving's a couple weeks later or something like that. If you are outside the playoffs on Thanksgiving, your chances of getting to the playoffs is like 20% or something. It is not good. And they have just skyrocketed. I think the last 15 games, they're like, 11 and 3, 12 and 3, something like that. So they're they're running up the board. They're catching fire. Um there's comparisons for this Oilers team to the Blues team when they went on a run and won the Stanley Cup because they were dog ass in the conference about this time last year. And then obviously Bennington did his thing and and they just skyrocketed. 
Oh, your favorite. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. to speak to Nevada's uh, point, I only have the last 10 in front of me for Edmonton, but they are 10-0-0. There you go. <laughs> That's a, it's pretty fucking good for those of you at home <laughs> not familiar with hockey. Um, yeah, I think those are my surprises or my takeaways from the team perspective. I'm seeing Nashville do as well as they're doing um, with – the drama with their coach, like before the season, trying to go through players' phones and stuff, <laughs> it's, it's kind of appreciated to see. And then, uh, and then, you know, Nevada gave me some notes because I didn't really have a ton on hockey after Connor Bedard broke his jaw and kind of effectively lost the Rookie of the Year race. Out, <laughs> I kind of checked, checked out. Um, but to say he was a bust. You know, Nevada can't even say that with a straight face because that man was balling at 18 years old with nobody on his team and somebody fucking his mother. So, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> talk about the deck stacked against you. He plays through adversity, that's for sure. You might just be it. That's a mentally tough 18 year old. God damn. But uh, so he said Panarin favor for the players, Florida Panthers rebounding, who I did have, I did pick them to, to not be that good this year, but, uh, let me double check on that. I had Florida finishing fourth. Okay, yeah. So I had to make it in the playoffs. Yeah, they, oh, they I had one of those in the playoffs. Yeah, I I think most of us probably had them right around the wild card, but they're I I don't know what it is. They've just I don't know if they're pissed off the way they played in the Stanley Cup final or something, but they're playing awesome. So. Yeah. And that's one of those cases where the team really does follow their leader. And Kachuk is just a wild man. <laughs> he's yeah. just – that dude's a maniac on the yeah, ice. Yeah, 100%. I, I can't wait till we start to have international play again. I don't know if it's going to be Olympics or a World um, World Cup kind of tournament. But one of the lines they have projected is the Kachuk brothers on the same line centered by Jack Hughes. For America? That's their second line. That's, That's the nasty. second line? That is – Who's yeah, because Austin, Austin Matthews Austin. would be on the first line. Yeah. Jack Matthews. I, is Eichel American? No, he's Canadian. Yeah. It, no, Eichel's American. Oh, he is. Who's yeah. the other wing? Or who's the, the center? Line? Yeah, who's the center on the first line? Austin Matthews. Oh, who's the other wing? I think uh might have been Kyle Connor from what I saw. And we're bringing back TJ Oshie. I don't care how old he is. <laughs> we got a spot for him on the fifth line. Yeah, yeah, sure, he's on bro. We get uh, to shoot out, we'll throw him in there. Oh, 100%. So those uh, other surprises was Boston with the points, which I do agree. I kind of expected them to, to not pace at the same way as the year before. But 67 right now is really fucking good. So they're looking like the if you took Boston over, you should be probably smashing that bet. Um, and then you said Hyman. I'm not sure who Hyman is, man. Uh, Zach Hyman with the Edmonton Oilers. He's for a while there. He led the Oilers in points. Mind <laughs> you, they have McJesus and Drysaitel on that team. That's impressive, but that speaks to how poorly they were playing in right. the beginning. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. Comparatively speaking, from what they normally do, they're playing poor. But yeah, they've obviously started to turn it on. But yeah, Zach Hyman. He's been crushing it as well. And then uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois, he just – did he get traded to the Kings recently? Yes, from uh, Winnipeg. So he got moved out to L.A., um, which seemed like a good trade at the time. Nobody 
disregarded that. It was a good trade. Uh, but he is just not showing up. Um, it's kind of frustrating because when he was in Columbus, he kind of had this stuff where it was up and down. He would show up, then he wouldn't show up next year. Then he was in Winnipeg, and he was good, and then he was bad, and now here he is in L.A., and as of right now, he's bad. I'm sure he'll rebound, but the lack of consistency when you trade for a guy who's probably, I don't know, if they have him on their second or third line, he's he should be producing like, like crazy, and he's just not. And then 25 points from Huberdeau. Um it's probably why yeah. Calgary, Calgary's struggling again. Man, Calgary had that run, was it two years ago now? And, you know, you, you kind of expected them to be good. And <laughs> Yeah, they had, they had a great team. They had Johnny Goudreau and Matthew Kachuk. Then both of them leave in the offseason, and they bring in Huberto and Kadri and another guy from Florida and McKenzie Weger. And Huberto signed his contract, and he's checked out. He just <laughs> – he doesn't have the heart right now oh that's just that's disappointing so uh just real quick we'll go over the our division breakdown before we get into the all-stars in the draft but i had an exact order finish of minnesota colorado dallas winnipeg's i mean i did i had winnipeg finishing four so (laughs) to my own home for not picking (laughs) them would be good uh st louis nashville arizona chicago uh, Nick had Colorado, Minnesota, Dallas, Nashville, Arizona, St. Louis, Winnipeg, and Chicago. Dang, you had Winnipeg second to last. Yeah. Winnipeg was a shocker. Uh, to make the playoffs, Nick had uh, Colorado, Dallas, Minnesota, as did I. Uh, that that wraps up <clears throat> that division. And Nick obviously picked Colorado to win it all. I would hope so. Uh, to go into the Atlantic, I had Buffalo, Toronto, Tampa Bay, Florida, Boston, Ottawa, Detroit, Montreal. Couldn't have been further from the accurate picture. Nick had Toronto, Buffalo, Florida, Boston, Tampa Bay, Ottawa, Detroit, Montreal. Again, just not even close. <laughs> I had uh, Toronto, Tampa Bay, and Buffalo making the playoffs, and I had Buffalo winning the division. That's incorrect. Mm-hmm. Uh Nick had Toronto, Florida, and Buffalo making the playoffs as and uh, Toronto division winner. That also looks incorrect. Uh, very next division, Metropolitan. I had the Devils, Rangers, Carolina, New York Islanders, Washington, Pittsburgh, Columbus Blue Jackets, and Philadelphia as an exact order with Carolina, the Devils, the Rangers, the Islanders, and the Capitals all making the playoffs. Mm. And yeah, I had I picked the Capitals because I thought you know, still could happen. I mean, still could happen. Yeah. yeah, still could happen. I what I said on the podcast was like, look, one of Pittsburgh or Washington is not making the postseason. Yes, <laughs> and I hitched my wagon to, to Washington making the postseason, but it could be both missing. Uh, Nick had Devils, Rangers, Carolina, Pittsburgh, Islanders, Blue Jackets, Capitals. Uh, Philadelphia. Did we have? No, we didn't have the same people. Okay. And you had uh, Carolina, New Jersey, New York Rangers, Penguins, and Islanders all making the postseason. The Islanders, they have 50-something points right now, but they fired a coach. <laughs> they're below expectations. So. Yeah, they're, they're, in, they're in flux. They're fluxing right now. Yeah, they're they're fluxing, but they have the same amount as the the Jersey Devils, and they have uh, one more point than Washington. I just don't know how Washington does it. <laughs> I've watched a few games, and they look like shit. Uh, and then 
Finally, for the Pacific, I had Edmonton, L.A., Vegas, Calgary, Seattle, Vancouver, Anaheim, and San Jose. And Nick had Calgary, Vegas, Edmonton, L.A., Seattle, Vancouver, Anaheim, and San Jose. As far as the playoffs, I had Edmonton, Vegas, Los Angeles, Calgary, and Seattle making it. (laughs) And the Canucks are leading the division. Uh, Nick had uh, Edmonton, Vegas, L.A., Calgary, and Seattle making it. So we had the same on those. Uh, I don't think we picked a full eight on the the East, but oh well. Let's get into the All-Stars. Eastern Conference All-Stars, you had uh, David Pasternak from boston jeremy swayman as well rasmus Dahlin. is he is he a rookie right now no he's in his fifth year fourth fifth year something like that okay sebastian aho boone jenner alex debrincat sergey Bobrovsky, sam reiner nick suzuki suzuki jack hughes matthew barzel igor shesterkin vincent trocek Brett Brady, Chuck, Travis, oh, Konechny, Sidney uh, Crosby, Nikita Kucherov, Mitch Marner, Austin Matthews, William Nylander, Morgan Riley. God, lead Toronto Maple Leafs cleaned up. Tom Wilson. Uh, and then they're, they're not really that good of a team this year either. No, they're not. They're not. They have uh, 54 points. They're fourth in, in their division. And seventh seventh in their conference so uh coming out of the west you have frank vetrano clayton keller elias lindholm connor bedard baby uh alexander georgia kale mccarr nathan mckinnick did i say that guy's name right alexander georgia georgiev georgiev yeah that sounds more Sounds better, anyways. Kale McCarr, Nathan McKinnon, Jake Ottinger, Leon Drysaddle, Connor McDavid, Cam Talbot, Kirill Kaprizov, Philippe Forsberg, Thomas Hurdle, uh, Robert Thomas, <clears throat> Oliver Bjorkstrand, Brock Bosser, Thatcher Demko, Quinn Hughes, JT Miller, Elias Patterson, Jack Eichel, Kyle Connor, who's replacing Connor Bedard, and Connor Hellebuk for the sorry for the Jets. So and then uh, we had Con- Connor replaces Jack Eichel. I just gotta say, and this bugs me. I I know they do it in baseball too, and I think the NBA. But having a representative from every team is, I get what they're getting at from a marketing standpoint and all that. But come on, like if you didn't earn it, you shouldn't be there. Thomas Hurdle, which by the way might have the best nickname. Teenage Mutant Ninja Hurdle. Oh, that's fire. Um, His stats this year, 46 games played, 14 goals, 19 assists, 33 points. That's that's not an all-star. That's not even close. Don't look up Connor Bedard then. It's it's just a petty petty move to say, yep, we got to add so-and-so from each team. It's, I don't know. I'm not a fan of it, but. I get it. It is what it is, but that ain't an all-star. Yeah. There's a few guys like that. Connor Bedard. Yeah. I was shocked to see Connor Bedard there. I mean, I understand what they're doing. Like you said, from the marketing standpoint and he's doing it at 18. So maybe you give him a bump for 18, but 15 goals, 18 assists is not, 
<laughs> right. I, if you put it into perspective, he's doing that at 18. You could see how you could put him in an all-star game. But even then, it's like, dude, there's someone out there who's for sure better. Absolutely. And he was replaced by, let's see, uh, Kyle Connor, 18 goals, 11 assists, 28 games. Yeah. And he's, <laughs> yeah. Been, he's been injured quite a bit this year. So he just got back this week <laughs> or last week. So. Yeah. Okay. Uh, anybody who obviously didn't make this list that you think should have made it? Um, I think you just talked I about did. him, right? Where's Hill on this list? Yeah, Aiden Hill, Charlie Lindgren for the goalie from uh, Washington Capitals. Like, I, I think he should be in over Thomas or Tom Wilson. Like, if you're going to let in a, an all-star for a skills position for Washington, why don't you give, like, a legacy one to Ovi? For instead sure. You're gonna, instead, you're going to throw in a – he's not a goon, but he's a enforcer. Granted, he's skilled, but Tom Wilson – He's a bum. Wow. The best player on Washington right now is Charlie Lindgren, the goalie, because he's saving their season. So, <laughs> I, um, I like the play on words there, sir. Yeah, him. I think uh, I'm pretty sure I didn't hear Zach Hyman. We kind of touched on him uh, as far as surprises. He should be in there. He's he was crushing it for a long time. Um, what about what about Miko? Well, yeah, I mean, I could. Miko always gets overshadowed between McKinnon and, and Kale. Um, That's Miko Ratnan, by the way, for those of you yeah. who, aren't, who aren't Colorado's he's, fans. Yeah, he's he's one of the best point scorers and goal scorers in the league. But, again, he gets overshadowed by two of the top four players in the world. Right. So, it's and at this point in the All-Star game, it's just a numbers game. So, yep. yes, absolutely, he should be an All-Star, but – you know, you only get so many. Yep. Nathan McKinnon's not top four. Top three? Top top two? What are you thinking? No, I don't yeah. think I don't think he's better than McDavid. <laughs> That's May, this year? Absolutely. This year, yeah. This year he is. He's, this this year, fine, but that's because of what we expect from Connor McDavid. No. McKinnon has 77 points in 47 games. Yeah. And He's playing out of this world this year. And what did he do last year to, for him to be top four? Played out of the world? Yeah. What, what I, what, okay. So name me four, name me three better players than Nathan McKinnon in hockey. Three better players? Yeah. Cause you, Connor McDavid is up there. Austin Matthews? No. Austin Matthews is better. Austin sure. Matthews does not move the puck like, like McKinnon does. Leon He's Dreisaitl. a goals only guy. No, get the fuck out of here. Dreisaitl Leon Dreisaitl sure. only has 100 points because he plays with one of the greatest talents in any So you're saying you don't take Leon Dreisaitl and put him on another team that he's not going to do just no. as well? Yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. That's fucking ridiculous. He's not going to be top four. <laughs> you're going to you're gonna accidentally get a, over 100 points is what you're saying. That's no, what he's, he's doing not right accidentally. Now. That's he's, what he's doing right now. He's, he's, he's accidentally getting over 100 points. Right, because he's playing with Connor McDavid. That's why he's getting the hundred. Yes, the only reason. One hundred percent. The yes. only reason. Yes, one hundred percent. That's crazy. So then, then knock McKinnon and McCarr down for the same thing because they're playing with each other. No, that's not that's not the case. 
When you're when you're a winger and a center, you break into the zone together. Defenders and and centers don't break into the zone together. So McCarr doesn't impact McKinnon's play. Not usually, no. He has he has almost forty M- assists as McCarr, a demon. M- McCarr impacts the whole team. Okay. You, you, listen, I agree with McDavid. I don't agree that Leon Drysaddle is above Connor McKinnon or uh, um, <laughs> Nate McKinnon. Don't even know his name. <laughs> Just fucking. Uh, I, relax you know his name it's a slip relax i'm just fucking with you we, i mean I, we could argue all day how deep you want to get into it as far as top whatever he's this year he is top two top three hands down right now he is the mvp and what are the odds for mvp right now he's leading it he's 145 145 plus 175 sorry and who's number two Probably Kucherov. Kucherov plus two twenty. McDavid's third at at plus three hundred. And then no one else is close to that. Is Kucherov getting uh, traded? Then Austin Matthews is plus eleven hundred. Yeah, so nobody's really nobody's really close. Is Kucherov getting traded? I know Tampa Bay said he's not, but no. I just he, you, no. you can't believe teams. How many times do they say that and then not do it? You know what I mean. No, we're not trading them, and then they they get traded. You you don't trade core guys that are all world, unless unless you're truly planning to blow it up because you don't see a future in the next couple of years. You don't do it. Tampa's not going to blow it up because they're like, oh, our window's closed. It ain't it ain't happening. Toronto's another team like that. Washington, they don't go out. <laughs> they don't they don't go out without a kicking in a screaming fight, and they'll they'll still find themselves in like. Eighth or ninth place, right there. You mean Tampa, Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay? Yeah. Sorry, you yeah. said Toronto, and I was, I was like, Toronto. We make fun of them all the time for fucking sucking. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, Tampa's six right now with a plus five goal differential. Uh, so, I thought Kucherov was old though. That's why I thought they were talking about trading him. And Kucherov, no, didn't make, Kucherov didn't make this list. He's got to be like what 30, 31 maybe. Kucherov is 30. Yep. So yeah, he's he's in his prime right now. What is what's up. what's the hockey prime ages? Um probably it obviously depend position to position, but um probably like once you hit 27, 27 to 32, right in there. 27 to 32. So he's got two more. Yeah, guys. that's probably like a common common area because it, it can take so long to develop guys um and feel their feel where they fit fit into the pro pro game and stuff. So um some goalies you don't even see them even get their first game until they hit 30 because it takes so long for them to develop unless you get a really good one. So yeah, I'd say for generally, um if you get really good superstars like McDavid, McKinnon, McCarr. I mean, it's 18. as long as they play. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, once you, once you get to 27, that's probably a safe bet when most people are hitting their prime. That's when you want to be in the competing for the cup, right? Let's see. 27. Yep. Damn. So, so I was just barely hit that window, dude. How disappointed are you going to be if you don't win at least one more? Uh, Pretty disappointed. 
considering the core that they have and most of it's locked up and the ones that aren't locked up are like they hit free agent on different years. So you don't have to like pick and choose which core guy you want to keep. Nevada is way too optimistic. I All right. What's the, ca- <laughs> what's the counterpoint? I think we won our one. Oh, you I- don't think you can win again? Yeah, we have those we have those top line guys, but we don't have secondary scoring to save our ass or a goaltender. <laughs> At least when we won the cup, we had good secondary scoring. Yep. I people do people in Colorado have underestimated the four million dollars we should have paid Nazem Kadri to keep him on the team. I agree with that. <laughs> or however much five million to keep him. No, it's 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 gonna be way more than that. And we had to choose between him and Nichushkin. And at the time, and we, we made the bad choice. No, we didn't. It, you have to think about it in the moment of time. Yeah, what did Kadri bring to you? He brought, but, yes, he was a true second line center and brought scoring. Absolutely. But that was it. His yeah. defensive game wasn't there. He was a prick. Nichushkin can do everything five on five, penalty kill, power play, bang Russian horrors. The, yeah, Russian <laughs> horrors, whatever it is. Is he not but, with uh, the team anymore? No, no he's in the he's, player uh, substance program. Player, yeah, player assistance program. How so? How long does he have to stay in that? So he, he can come it's, back, right? Because all he did was it's completely voluntary. You can come oh. and go as long as you want. All he did was sleep with someone, right? Like, well, that, well, yeah. We don't really know. We, yeah. But there's so there's it's kind it's, of it, it's like a Corey Perry. It read it reads that way. Yeah. Okay, but it's like Corey Perry with Chicago. We don't know what happened, but we can right. assume. Not, Nothing illegal, but yeah, there is some sort of funny business. We will assume. (laughs) We shall. 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 All right, let's get into this uh, draft so we we can wrap this up. Uh, Nevada, you got the first pick. I got second. Nick, you get the turn. Uh, Go ahead, Nevada. McKinnon, MVP, offensive juggernaut. It's the all-star game. There's no defense. There's no defense? So go with McKinnon? All right. I'll go with Connor McDavid, obviously. He's never going to win a trophy, but he's he's A1 day one on my team. Are you writing this down to Nevada or should I write it down? Uh, I'll go. Yeah, uh, I'll start it. Since, uh, since defense doesn't matter, I'll go back-to-back here with uh, Nikita Kucherov and Austin Matthews. <laughs> Just imagine them playing together. You know what I mean? That's what the best part about all-star games really is. is it's like seeing LeBron play with Steph Curry. Right. Or seeing like, uh, a, you know, a Mike Trout being followed by Aaron Judge. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I Dude, I, I always – I have such – I have such respect for all-star game pitchers, like in baseball. Like how is the score not 15 to 14? That just shows how good pitchers are. <laughs> For, that is true. <laughs> but also, like, baseball is a game of odds, right? So if a batter only gets one hit, that's true. Yeah. Like he has to be completely on in that. So it really, it really takes it really takes down what you're betting in baseball into like an even more like that's true. I guess I guess if you're talking statistically, if you have nine batters, three of them are gonna get a hit every I don't know if you have 200 hits in a season, maybe 20 of them are home runs. So 
of those three hits, yeah. th- there's a 30% chance one of them will be a home run. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly, dude. Yeah. Uh you're 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 betting with you're playing with some fire. Let me get uh David Pasternak to flank uh flank Connor McDavid. Damn. Was that gonna be um, your pick? <laughs> yeah, he's gonna be one of them. Um who's the other one I was looking at? Oh, Jack Hughes. Give me, give me some Jack Hughes. And on the back-to-back, man. Screw it. I'll go with Kale. Kale. Kale, huh? Kale McCaw. Dude, how come I don't see Jack Hughes on here? Uh, Jack Hughes plays for the Devils, right? Correct. Yeah, he's showing on my list. I might be working off an incomplete list. It does not matter, though. Oh, there he is. <laughs> Anyways, I'm going to go. Uh, I'll go uh, William Nylander. William Nylander. Okay. I'll throw in, uh, I'll, I'll do a JT Miller, uh, Elias Pedersen uh, double. Two Canucks playing on the same line. Friggin' Canucks. Yeah, friggin' Nucks. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with... Um, my goodness. I don't even know. I wanna, I'm going to take a defender here. Not You know, even though defense isn't played, but let me, let me get a defender on my squad. <laughs> I'll go with uh, Rasmus from Buffalo. Okay, Rasmus Doolin. 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 Um, all right, so I got the turn again. <laughs> Man, goalies are so tricky because you don't know how much they're really going to put effort into it. <laughs> how much they're going to care. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I'll stay away. I'll go with Quinn Hughes, the Canucks D-man. And uh, how about no, no, I'll go with Brady Kachuk. Oh, wait, yeah, is Matthew on? Oh, is Matthew uh, there? I don't know. Did Matthew, did you take Matthew, Nick? No, nobody took him. No, no, I don't think he's he's in the all star game. I don't see him on here. Yeah, he's not interesting. No. All right, um, yeah. So I'll get the Hughes brothers and the Kachuk single. Uh, back to me. I'll take. Uh, I'll. I'll hit. Um. I'll take. Uh, Forsberg. Philippe. Philippe. Uh, so because I talk so much shit about him, I'm gonna take Leon Dreisaitl and Sidney Crosby. For him. <laughs> yeah, I knew you would take him. <laughs> gotta, gotta back the German, dude. Gotta back the German. <laughs> I was about to pick him, and I was just like, let me see if Nick. hundred percent. I was like, dude, I'm not letting him get. I'm not letting him get this far in the draft. That'd be stupid. I was just like, okay, we're letting him fall because, and we're we're proving a point here. I was like, let's see him. I could get him at 
take someone and still get him. Like, let's see if Nick will stick to his No, names. no, 100% I'm not going to do that. <laughs> no, sure. I will not be doing that. Oh, man. I mean, uh, I wish I knew more of these more of these motherfuckers, to be honest. I'm going to take a – I'll take a Sebastian Ajo. Oh, good pick. Okay. Uh-oh. All right, I uh, screw it. I'll start dipping into the goalie territory. Um, I'm going to go with Swayman. I think he'll be nice and amped up for his first All Star game. <laughs> and what a weird way to weird reason. Yeah. To pick, you know, I got I got to justify it somehow. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I mean, maybe maybe that's true. Maybe he's out there to prove himself. I'm not. Little, I'm not disagreeing, but it's just like you're looking at Shosturkin, Bobrovsky. You know what I mean. Lord knows. Yeah, Lord knows Bobrovsky and Talbot aren't going to be excited to be an All Star game number seven or whatever it is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then I'll 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 bookend him with uh, Hellebuck. Why you not? Take it two. Two goalies. To sweep two. In the I'm goals. done with my goalies. Sweeping the goalie board. What a communist. Well, obviously, I have to take a goalie now. Start the run. Start the run on goalies. Uh, that's what he did. I'll take uh I'll take the uh surprising division leading goalie, Thatcher. Thatcher, Thatcher. Demko. I mean, it is pretty crazy that Vancouver and Winnipeg are leading the division. Oh yeah. <laughs> like, no, I'm sorry. Nobody had that at no. all-star break. No. And if you no. did, first of all, send me your bets every year. Right. Because <laughs> you'd be saying it's a wild shit for sure, dude. <laughs> it's on you, Nick. Oh, my pick. Right. Uh, I'm going to do – I'm going to go Morgan Riley. I'm going to go Sam Reinhart. Sneaky. Sam, Sam Reinhart, Morgan sneaky, Riley. Sneaky, sneaky. You guys took goalies like idiots. <laughs> uh let me get no i can't go him yet i just like him but i can't go him yet let we're me gonna, get uh we're gonna lose the team that gets all the other players because they're actually gonna try <laughs> <laughs> oh you're gonna snub us <laughs> let me get uh mitch marner good pick it's a good pick. i was thinking yeah. about grabbing him I do, I look, I was looking at the board and I was like, Mitch Marner's still here. Yeah, all right. Poor me. I guess I'll take Mitch. Marner. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go with uh, Clayton Keller and uh, Barzal and Barzal. I was yeah. Thinking, I was thinking of taking him. Um, I'll take Connor Bedard, the one who's not even going to be in the game. Yeah, I mean, you obviously just put uh, the dude who's replacing him next to it as uh, Kyle Connor. So Kyle Connor slash Connor Bedard is off the board. Kyle Connor, not a bad pick. Um, I'll go Elias Lindholm. Come to Colorado, Elias. We want you. We need you. We'll treat you nice. Um, 
And you know what? I talked enough shit about him, but he was the preseason number one goalie. Give me Igor Siskirchen. Uh, I love I loved the pronunciation. It's great, right? What's his actual name? Yeah. Shisterkin. Uh, Siskirchen, right. Yep. Perfect. Uh, it's back to you, Jermaine. Uh, yes, yes, it is. Um, my goodness, I will take. Um, I'm not like crossing anything off, so I'm trying to remember who was picked. So I'll take uh, Vincent Trocheck. Trocheck. Let's see, where are we at here? One, two, three, four, five, six. Your last pick. It is last pick. Last pick. Um I'll go with Debrinkat. Oh, I think that was my last pick as well. Alex Debrinkit. Oh, wait, hold on. I'm supposed to take one more goalie, right? Uh if you want to play by the rules for two goalies, yes. Two goalies. Oh, I guess I I guess I have one more pick then too. Oops. I'll take uh did did anybody take Bob? Nope. No. I'll take Bobrovsky. Give me give <laughs> getting me. him with my last pick. Sorry, Nick. That's great. <laughs> give me the old the old Battle of Alberta swinging gate, Cam Talbot. Cam Cam, where'd my glove go, Talbot? I really thought you would go with Ottinger. Cam, is this what is this why they call it a blocker? Talbot. <laughs> Do you just not like Ottinger because he plays for the stars? Fuck Ottinger. And fuck Gorgiev too. Play better. It, until until he plays for the US. The US yeah, goalies sure. are gonna be stupid, stupid good. What is this the is it this year? The world championships? No, when, I think when, they're. When do we get to see hard. the next? When do we get to see the next U.S. team, the next Winter Olympics? Well, that's always a contentious issue, <laughs> right. it, which I don't understand. But well, uh, well um, owners and money. Yeah, I you think build in a stop into the season though, like that's, that's ridiculous. Yeah, <laughs> what it's, a concept. Yeah, you must be communist. It's, yeah, the man's getting yeah. actually. I was like, oh, it's just, I'm just, I'm just gonna leave it at that. Uh, um, so, do you would you prefer the them being in the Winter Olympics or them not? Oh, absolutely, best on best, absolutely. Oh, okay, yeah, all right. God, that, was okay. so, that was so. Fun. What was that? 2016, the Oshi, the Oshi stuff. When Oshi made that run in the Olympics, was it the Olympics? No, wasn't. Wasn't that senior year of high school? Wasn't that 2010? Oh, Jesus. No. It might have been 2014. I thought it was a little bit before he won the World uh, the World Cup, the, Stan- <laughs> the Stanley Cup, because he had that he had that moment, and then he showed up again in the Stanley Cup. Yeah, right I think it was run. 2014 Olympics is when the sh- shootout happened. Hold on, let me make sure that I'm not being an idiot here. But yeah, they've I mean they've talked about trying to do. It's kind of dumb because 2014 they don't include Russia. Because of all the um, <laughs> doping and stuff, which kind of sucks, because they're probably the, the best. Of, <laughs> well, they can at least contend for it, so it's pretty much for 
they're talking four teams, U.S., Canada, Sweden, and Finland. Those are the ones that can compete, compete every year, stuff like that. It'd be nice to bump it up to like six at least, if not eight, but it kind of is what it is. So I think they're talking maybe next year or the year after just to see if they can't get something going. So everybody's throwing out all these all these lines and stuff. But, yeah, when I saw the Kachuk brothers, just two mean motherfucking power forwards. Yeah, they're assholes so, too. They really do. They play such like <laughs> – They play like brothers. Just a you, yeah, Yeah. Like the Bash brothers yeah. from Mighty this, Ducks. Yeah. Yeah. They, you, they literally you, watched that movie too many times. No doubt you want them on your team. I don't want to play against them. No, no chance. No chance. That's what Vegas didn't want to play against him. He was by himself. He was a maniac in the Stanley Cup final. Yeah. So the the hockey news, uh, the the hockey news predicts a a, is is this article from September of last year predicting a 2025 Team USA World Cup of Hockey roster. Uh, So Jake Ottinger, Connor Halbuk, Thatcher Demko, with the other option being. Being Jeremy Swayman, defense Adam. Fox. Those are all Americans. Yeah, yeah. Uh, defense Adam Fox, Charlie McAvoy, Justin Falk, John Carlson, Quinn Hughes, Jacob Slavin. Doesn't really sound American. Uh, Zach Varensky, Jake Sanderson uh, with Seth Jones, Jacob Truba, and Keandre Miller being other options. Dude, I mean, and forwards just. I mean, Austin Matthews, Jack Hughes, Tag Thompson, Jack Eichel, the Kachuk brothers, the Brinkett, Keller, Tooch, James Robertson, Kyle Connor, Johnny Goudreau, with Dylan Larkin, Cole Caulfield, uh, Trevor Zegras, JT Miller, Troy Terry, Jake Getzel, Patrick Kane. Bro, the American <laughs> squad is stacked. Also, yeah. who is Tag Thompson and why is he not a black guy? Tage Thompson. Oh, okay. I he's mean, still, still a cool name, but oh yeah, he's he's on Buffalo. He popped off last year, six foot seven, like two hundred. No <laughs> six seven. I'm looking at a photo of this man. What an iconic super, headshot! Super skilled. Um, I think he's, he's out for the year with an injury or something like that. But he was born in Phoenix. So was Austin Matthews. Well, so Phoenix is kind, kind of, of a like a hot, uh, yeah. The awesome Matt, I don't know if he was born there or grew up there or whatever, but he yeah, is, he grew up there mostly, I think. Yeah, I know that I knew that because it's always the fun fact I said when I was trying to talk to people of Phoenix about hockey. <laughs> the even the even funner fact is, uh, and he wears it loud and proud, is his uh, Mexican heritage. So his nickname is Pablo. <laughs> I think it's it's either his mom or dad is like Mexican or something and married U.S. or something like that. So he's he's technically could play for a Mexican team, but obviously they don't have one. Oh, dude, that'd be so funny. Oh, my God. <laughs> that would be amazing. He'd be the tallest Mexican on ice, bro. Well, he is for sure. Right. I did not know he was part Mexican. That's awesome. You could kind of yeah. see it after after you say it, you could see it in the features, but you yeah, know, it's not, a little it's, bit. It's, like it's, it's not my first guess, you know what I mean? No, it's it's definitely watered down. But yeah, he's he's 
proud about it too. He's he's even said he's like it'd be awesome to have a game in Mexico City. So his mom yeah, is yeah. originally from Hermosillo, Mexico. And he moved to Scottsdale when he was two months old. Yeah, so there you go. Basically <laughs> born there. So basically, right? He was born in San Ramon, California. That's awesome. I did not know he's Mexican. That's a fun fact. Yeah. Arizona's turned out to be a good hotbed. Hopefully they keep the coyotes there. I'm pretty sure they will. ASU, if I was going to play college hockey and I got a D1 offer, why would you not go to ASU? Oh, 100%. Playing D1 hockey at Arizona State. Oh, yeah. But yeah, yeah, for sure, bro. Uh, and then what, like the hockey season in college is – it starts in when? When does it start? November? End of November? Yeah, something somewhere around there. That's the thing. Be, uh, I never know about the hockey college season until we're – Almost in the frozen four. Almost in the yeah. It's the only yeah. time I hear about it. I'm like, oh shit! I missed this all this whole season. I was like, was there a season? Did we play games to get here? Like, how did we qualify? And then they're always like, yeah, this team is twenty and zero. And I'm like, twenty games have been playing, dude. B U D U B C. Yeah, it's always the same. It's always the same ones. Yeah. So sneaky, sneaky, but yeah, it, it's fun. Fun. Frozen Four, what a great ter- tournament name! All right, I've kept you boys up long enough. Thank you for joining me. You guys got anything else for the tens and tens? No, sir. Congrats, Todd. Yeah. Uh, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube at Podcast Room Three Zero Three. Drop a line in the comments to let us know why Nathan McKinnon sucks, and uh, we'll see. You <laughs> next- oh. For myself, Jermaine Colo Mendez, for my co-host, Nicholas Morhan, and for our executive producer, Nevada Putnam, a.k.a. Nutty Putty. We'll see you next time when you come on down and step into the room.